1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. My dad does not know that I date. Just straight really? up. Really, I've, ne- I've had four boyfriends. He's never known about a single one.
0: Hey guys, it's Alana and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. It's Thursday, so that means real-life daters are coming on to share their real, sometimes shocking, and always unfiltered experiences. Think you're alone out there? Think you're the only one whose ex hooked up with your mom, or whose last date ended up being a catfish? Think again.
1: Hi, my name is Liz Mina. I'm Los Angeles-based. I'm an actor, and I also make TikToks about dating in my spare time. And something that I really like to talk about and that's really like the goal of my platform is I really want to inspire mostly women to take control of their dating lives and to feel confident in dating. I'm so passionate about that. I really love dating. And I think so many people out there hate it. They think it's the scariest thing in the world. They think it's a chore. And that makes me so sad because it's something that's so fun. And it, I want people to allow dating to make them feel more confident and not less confident and maybe teach them some things about themselves and other people.
0: I love that so much. And obviously we have very similar missions. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited for this conversation. I'm really curious, like what first made you start trying to get that message out there? I know like you've also everyone go check out her TikTok. It's linked in the show notes, but like you do such an amazing job at articulating that message and really trying to show all the different sides of dating and your journey. And I'm so curious, like what really got you to start doing that? Because a lot of people like think about doing it, but never actually do it. And you weren't just doing it to talk to talk. Like you actually had, like you said, like you have a reason behind it. You have your why and your purpose.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think I think there are two things. I think it's one part was basically just hearing how my friends talk about dating. Not that I have this whole group of insecure friends, but you know, I have I had a group of friends who were mostly single women at the time and hearing them talk about how how much they hated dating and how much they felt like it was a chore and how hopeless that it made them feel, that was something that always made me feel very sad and I always found myself being the one who was giving advice. And then also, it was Was actually during the pandemic i think most of us downloaded tiktok during the pandemic most of us young 20s mid-20s people and the tiktok dating community is very interesting because there are there's so much stuff getting thrown around so many things getting thrown around there and i noticed that in in particularly in the community of single women in their early to mid 20s, I felt like the dating advice that I was seeing was very toxic and really yes. focused a lot around playing games. And the main mission of a lot of these videos that I was seeing was how to get a guy to like you. And that is not what dating's about. That is not what it's about. I think people should hold themselves in higher esteem than that. It's not just about, convincing people to like you. It's about having fun and learning about yourself and meeting new people. And I felt like there was a hole there that I could fill. So that's initially why I started.
0: I love everything you just said. Uh, Of course, no wonder we're having this conversation (laughs) right now. We like fully (laughs) share the same beliefs. But I, I also find myself so frustrated by the toxicity of the dating advice that's out there. And it's even more frustrating when it's given by people who have millions of followers. And so people are so quick and easy to buy into it. And, you know, I'll see these posts of like, oh, like they broke up with you. Like they, they didn't want you like let them fuck them. Screw them. Like we hate men. It's like, hold on. That's, that's not helpful for anybody. No, That is literally not helpful for anybody. And and similarly to what you said, like, playing these games and trying to play hard to get and stuff, it really is manipulating somebody into dating you. Yeah. And guess what happens when you start dating? Eventually you can't keep up that facade forever. No. Eventually that gets uncloaked. You get uncloaked. Yeah. And the suddenly this person's sitting there, like, who did I just enter a relationship with? I don't know yes. this person.
1: Totally. Totally. And that's what's so frustrating is I feel like a lot of the dating advice on the internet is very focused around like performing femininity in a way that is just not sustainable. It's, it's a lot about being soft and it's about, you know, I don't, I don't disagree with channeling your femininity. I think femininity has a lot of definitions, but I don't agree with putting yourself into a box So you can try to make yourself be more attractive to men. And especially this idea of like a high value man only wants this type of woman, that is not true. It's just not true. And it's something that I have personal experience with because I, I would consider myself generally a feminine woman, but I'm also very tough. I have a loud speaking voice. I make a lot of jokes. I'm very career driven when it comes to acting. And those are a lot of traits that maybe some people wouldn't say is feminine, you know, and I personally have had healthy relationships being exactly how I am. And I have been able to date people that I'm attracted to and who are attracted to me being exactly how I am without feeling the need to perform this kind of like soft femininity. And I really don't like how a lot of the dating advice out there catered towards young women is about performing femininity in this way that's not sustainable.
0: Yeah, first of all, I mean, you perform for a living. You don't want to perform in your dating life. Yeah. To your point, exactly. Like you had healthy relationships being exactly who you are. And everybody deserves to feel that. Everybody deserves to feel like they are enough. They are good enough as they are. There's somebody who is going to love them and treat them the way they deserve to be treated as they are. And buying into some of the shit that we see out there convinces us that we can't be who we are and we can only have people love us and want to be with us if we pretend to be something else or if we lean into this thing that isn't native to us and that's so uncomfortable and if you actually do that you're not going to end up with the right people for you.
1: No, no. And it's not necessarily going to be their fault either. If you're putting on this front, they think that they're dating one type of person. And then eventually, I mean, you're going to get tired. Let's say you're with this person for months and months and months. You can't keep putting on this act. It's going to drop. And now event now, all of a sudden you're incompatible because you're, you're showing your true self and not that there's anything wrong with your true self and not that there's anything wrong with them for being shocked at like this change. It's just not good for anyone.
0: Yeah. Well, let me ask you this from knowing that you're an actor, actress Mm -hmm. is because people hear like us saying like, oh, well, you're pretending to be somebody you're not. And like, no, but I don't feel like I am. But it's almost like you convince yourself that you can't ask for what you want. You can't send that text. You can't make that move. So you're Diminishing yourself, you're mm-hmm. being a lesser version of yourself, and you start to actually believe, like, okay, this is how I have to act. This is how mm-hmm. I have to behave. You don't consciously in the moment think, like, oh, I'm pretending to be somebody I'm not. You're right. just, you're actually acting different, even if you don't realize it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because it's this feedback loop of like, you feel like you're supposed to act a certain way. And then now the internet or even, you know, it's not just the internet. It's a, it's a lot of things that go around in our friendship circles in real life. Like they're giving Absolutely. you this positive feedback. And when you're so closed off and you don't explore other perspectives, now you think you're doing the right thing, even though you may not be, and it's hindering you. But when we're constantly looking down and not, you know, exploring other possibilities for how we can be it's it's very very limiting and it's funny because so you mentioned acting and it's so funny that's that's my biggest pet peeve about acting is when people say oh acting is just lying you're just pretending to be somebody else that's actually not it and I think that this can apply to dating as well acting is exploring the truth under imaginary circumstances it's an it's a commitment to the truth And in dating, you have to commit to the truth. That is really the, that's the similarity between those two things. Like you have to be so, this is actually something I've been working on this year is an unapologetic truthfulness. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with myself and with other people and whatever the repercussions of that are, I have to just deal with that. It's going to make my life better in the long run.
0: Yeah, instead of like committing not entirely, but like enough. But then when someone gives you a little pushback being like, oh, you're right. Like, I'll, I'll let that, like, I'm going to slip through the cracks here and like show the other side. Like, no, you have to, you have to commit to the role that you're playing. You have to commit to the world that you're in Mm -hmm. and in dating, you have to commit to who you are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And sure. It like, it might take a while to find somebody that, you know, is going to eventually be the one, but in my opinion, it should take a while. It should, there's nothing wrong with that. Like if you really want something that's gonna last long-term, you have to be so particular with how you go about finding that and who you choose. Like, you know, it's not about getting a boyfriend or a fiance or a husband as fast as possible. It's just, it's really, it's so cliche. It really is partly about the journey. The journey benefits you in so many ways. And it's just about trying to enjoy the process as much as you can.
0: only $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code seeing other people. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutriful.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code seeing other people. That's Nutrafol.com promo code seeing other people. Brave the uncomfortable. in therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone, presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated, and they also make amazing gifts. And I know, because I have gifted a few over the years, and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from. And if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to PresentlyBracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y Bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code SEEINGOTHERPEOPLE yeah I love that you said I keep saying this but I love everything you're saying and (laughs) I I couldn't agree more it's about the journey it's about learning along the way there's so much that we can learn about ourselves about humanity about human connection about all these things when we're dating if we're not looking at it with the lens of like oh this sucks I need to go on a million dates to like meet my person like Mm -hmm. no there's so much more to it and I love that you have that mentality and are able to bring that out and help show people that. Mm
1: -hmm. Thank you. Thank you.
0: What do you think led you to pursue dating with that mindset of like, I'm great, I'm me, and, and I'm just looking for somebody to compliment me versus this fear of being alone that so many of us face?
1: You know, I feel like it really... So when I was in high school, right... I did not date. I did not date at all. I went to an all-girls school and I just did not know many men. And it was something that made me very insecure. It's so, like in high school, when people start dating, it's such a big deal. It's like, oh my God, she's so cool. She has a boyfriend. Like, And that made me feel so insecure. And part of the reason why I felt insecure, it goes back to what we were talking about with femininity. I've always been loud. I've always been goofy. I even like my physical features. I have a bigger nose. I'm not stick thin. Like all of these things that don't align with society's ideal view of femininity. And I used to think that those were the reasons that I could not get a boyfriend. And then in college, when all of a sudden there were men around, I realized that because I did not date a lot in high school, I kind of felt like I just had to say yes to every guy who was interested in me both physically and in terms of like dating. And it was just so unhealthy because I couldn't stop to think like, am I actually enjoying myself or am I just enjoying that this guy is interested in me? And so once I, I, it really, I mean, it took years to get me out of this mindset. You don't just wake up and change when that's your mind. And finally, once I broke out of that, my dating life just got so much better when I committed to myself and when I wasn't afraid to say no to men who were very nice, but who I just wasn't interested in. I really needed to commit to my truth and who I am.
0: Do you think in those moments you felt like, oh, this is misaligned, like this isn't a fit, but I'm excited about the attention that I'm getting, so I'm going to go with it? Or in those moments, did you really think like, okay, here's like someone who I like and they like me, so yes.
1: You know, it's a little bit of both. Definitely the second thing that you said, it's like, oh my God, yes, like a guy who likes me and he's like decent, he's like fine, that's great. But also as embarrassing as it is, and this is I'm sure having to do with like being an actor and loving, you know, we're all attention seekers as actors. It's just a fact. I loved the social attention that came with guys being interested in me. Like, I loved my friends being like, oh, my God, Liz is dating this guy. Liz is hooking up with this guy. I loved that. And it's so embarrassing because that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all, especially because like people can be saying one thing to you and then they could be going off and gossiping and being like, oh, my God, did you see who Liz is dating? That guy is so ugly or they're not a good match or, you know, it's like none of that stuff matters. So honestly, like when I first was afraid to say no, it that was a huge motivator for that.
0: I think that is so relatable and something that I really haven't heard people talk about, probably because people are afraid to talk about it, but it also makes so much sense coming from the high school environment you were in where it was an all-girls school. And if Mm -hmm. a girl got a boyfriend, it was the talk of the town. And in your eyes, because you weren't dating, your mind went to, that is so cool. That person is like so cool. They have it all because they have a boyfriend. So of course, when the roles are reversed and you're starting to get this attention from men, And your friends and people are talking about it in your mind, it's this validation of, wow, like now I'm the cool one.
1: Yes, totally. Now I'm the one who's getting the attention. It can make you have a bit of a superiority complex. If your friends are single and you're dating, you're like, you know, it makes you feel like you've won in a way. And that is so wrong. Like you have to train yourself of that thinking. And it also took me years to get out of that. It takes so long, especially as a woman, to learn these healthy dating habits.
0: Oh yeah. No, I remember when I got to college, like any guy who looked at me, I was just like, yep. Like, yeah, great. Let's, yeah. You're in let's go.
1: Oh like, my God. I
0: like you now. Yeah. And I never even once stopped to question, like, do I actually for like, do, does even 1% of me like yes. this person yes. or know anything about this person? I was yes. committing to these crushes. Like I'm like, okay, this person, like they're, I need to be with them or else without knowing a single fucking thing about them.
1: Yes. And it's so funny because straight men are never taught to do that. Straight men always put their feelings first. It's always like if they're not attracted to a woman, no guy is going to be like, oh, well, just give her a chance. Just like, you know, mm-hmm. go on more dates or like, no, no, it's going to give you clout to like go out with this girl. They straight men can be single for so long and nobody cares. Nobody's going to talk about yeah. them. They're not going to feel insecure about it. but with women it's like we are taught that the best thing that can happen to you is being attached to a man
0: you know it's so true and i have there's one person who i am like acquaintances with that comes to mind where every few months everyone's like let's let's call him pete like Mm -hmm. why is pete's like why is why is pete single like do we think pete's trying to settle down yet pete's like in his early 30s Mm -hmm. but no one's ever i take it back i said why is pete single no one's ever like, Pete, why are you still single? Or like, Pete, why Mm -hmm. haven't you met a girl yet? Everyone's always like, Pete would be like such a great partner. Like he's so great. Like I'm sure we know a million girls who would want to date Pete. And it's almost like, here's this guy who everyone we know would want to be with versus like when you hear about a girl who's in their early thirties, it's like, why haven't they found someone yet? Like they're running out of time.
1: Yeah, and like, what's a complete double standard?
0: It's like putting him on a pedestal for being in his early 30s and still being single, Mm
1: -hmm. where,
0: like, wow, like he really prioritized himself and like good for him. But we have so many people who would want to be with him, versus, oh, yeah, like she's in her early 30s, like, we don't know anyone who's gonna want to be with her,
1: exactly. Exactly. It's like, you know, when a woman it's it sucks because there's this imaginary deadline that women place yeah. on themselves and really society places on women to be married by the time you're 30. It's ridiculous. And it's crazy. 30 is so young. 30, so young. not that it's too young to get married, but just in general, 30, you are young when you're 30. You're not old. It, it
0: To feel like you have to be at that point and you have to have found that person at that age, Like it's so sad that that is what society has made people believe because I see my friends who are in their early thirties and and they feel so behind. They Mm -hmm. put so much pressure on themselves because everyone else is putting pressure on them. And then that impacts their self-esteem It impacts how they show up for themselves, for their friends, how they show up on dates because Mm -hmm. there's this added pressure of like, well, the clock's ticking. It's like, no, modern medicine is great. If you want to have kids when you're 40, you can, you can, you can. Yeah. And it sucks that, people can't like society doesn't let people just be who themselves, who they are and prioritize the things that are important to them until whatever, yeah. whatever age they are at. Like, it's yeah. Ridiculous.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. Especially when you think like, just in terms of where we are in our lives, in our twenties in America, specifically, most people don't start making decent money until they're in their thirties. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, it's a, you know, getting married, I think a lot of people think, oh, once you get married, your life is just going to be so easy. Everything's going to fall into place. Like if you're not in a good spot in your career, if you're not good financially, like, are you going to be ready to get married? Like it, I feel like it makes the marriage process harder. There are so many more things that you have to figure out. Like, I don't know. I wish, I wish it was less about the timeline, like be married by the time you're 30 and more about like you know, get your life together, settle (laughs) down when you're in a good spot, mentally, financially, like that's what it's more about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's exhausting that it's 2023 and there hasn't been a shift.
1: Yeah, there has
0: a little bit. And, and, you know, I hear it from people. I'll talk to so many people who are in their thirties or even in their forties. And they're like, thank God I didn't, you know, find a partner when I was in my twenties, because I'm a completely different person now. And I got to grow to become somebody who I'm so proud of and who I I really know myself and I needed my late twenties, early thirties on my own for that. And I think that's Mm -hmm. beautiful, but those stories are not shared nearly enough.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think that for me, do you have siblings?
0: I have two older brothers and they're both single.
1: I would be very interested to hear your perspective, especially since you have brothers and not sisters, because for me, I'm an only child. And so for me, I need to be alone. i like just in like at home, like being at home alone. I've never in my life been uncomfortable being by myself. And I think that plays a lot into dating for me. Like I'm kind of, I have the opposite problem of a lot of people where like, it can be very hard to integrate someone into my life Even just having someone in my house all the time, like sleeping with someone in the same bed, waking up and a person is in my house, that can be kind of hard for me. And so I'm interested, like when you, when you were single, like, was that something that you struggled, was something you struggled with needing to be around people all the time or needing to be alone all the time? Like with siblings, you know what I mean?
0: Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin-D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin-D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, All right, all right. I know that everyone has their hands up and I get it. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere, for everything, all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform, and if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. I, so my brothers and I, when we were growing up, we like did not have a close relationship. So I, Mm. I don't know how much this played into that, but oh, I, I truly believed that I was not a complete person until I met somebody. Like I, I had so much discomfort being on my own where, like, if it was a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday and I didn't have plans I Mm -hmm. was harsh on myself like I made myself believe like well you're a loser because you're not out doing something right now and I always had to be like with someone or doing something Mm -hmm. it wasn't until COVID actually where I spent so much time on my own that I really grew into like wow I'm I love spending time on my own and I actually like and have always been the biggest fan of canceled plans. Maybe mm-hmm. I should have like leaned into that more and made fewer plans and yeah. embraced choosing to spend time on my own. And I think that yeah. was the thing was, I always wanted to feel like somebody wanted to spend time with me, whether mm-hmm. it was a friend or in a romantic sense. Yeah. But that is really interesting with the sibling thing. And I had a conversation recently with a friend of mine about this, where she also is like so fiercely independent Mm-hmm. where it's really difficult for her to imagine integrating someone into her life in that yeah.
1: way. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's such an interesting struggle. I d- I do think being an only child plays into that so much like You know, like when I have had boyfriends, like I love a good morning and good night text. And there would be times where I would wake Mm -hmm. up and it would be 1 p.m. And I would be like, oh, I haven't talked to him today. It's like something that's so easy to slip from my mind because I'm used to not talking to anyone that it's really something that I have to remind myself of. Whereas my friends with siblings, God, they could text all day. They can be around people all day. Even when we're hanging out, I'm the one who's like, all right, it's time to go home. I can't, it's, it's time for me to be alone. So it's very interesting to see how that plays into that. And I do think that I have a slight, like, I I do think that you need to be comfortable being alone before you can really date in a healthy way.
0: I agree. And I didn't used to believe that, but Mm -hmm. I, once I got to the other side, I fully understood why I want to talk more about your family. Yeah, While we're on the topic, because I know in your email, you said you have a lot of opinions on dating both in Los Angeles and dating uh-huh. as a Middle Eastern woman from a conservative family. So yeah. I'm very curious to get into the nuances of how that has impacted your dating life or how that defines you showing up for yourself and on dates.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting being a woman dating in a Middle Eastern family. So for me personally, my dad does not know that I date. Just straight really? up, I've ne- I've had four boyfriends. He's never known about a single one. I have never in my, he's never been like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I have a date tonight. Never in my life have I spoken to him about that. Even with my mom, she's a little, she's 10 years younger than my dad. So she's a little more modern. I I like tell her about boyfriends. I don't tell her about dating because her thing is when I'll every day, every day that I see her, she'll say, do you have a boyfriend? And I'll be like, well, no, yesterday, I also did not have a boyfriend. It doesn't just change like that. Um, It's like they she jumps the gun because her and my dad were actually arranged. So they met each other. And six months later, they were married. And so my mom genuinely has no concept of what dating is like in America. So I try my best not to. I don't even want to tell her about boyfriends, but you know, moms always know that you're lying. So she'll be like, do you have a boyfriend? And I'm like, no. And she's like, yes, you do. Like she she's very good <laughs> at that. It's crazy. But she, uh, if I tell her that I have a boyfriend, she'll be like, do you think you're going to get married? So Right, like tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. so it's best to, I, I try to keep my dating life as private as possible from them. And it's interesting because I cannot go to my parents for dating advice. They don't have it. Like they really have no idea what it's like. I've really had to form my own thoughts and opinions just from my personal experiences and from seeing what my friends have gone through
0: with your dad, not knowing, is it that it's unspo- It's just unspoken or does he assume like you've never been with a guy? God. Like until you come home and say, I'm getting married to this person.
1: God, I don't know. That's what's hard about being an only child. I wish I had an older sister who could do that first. Um, right, right. My dad is not dumb. I think if he thought about it, I don't think he would say like, oh, Liz has never been on a date. I don't think he yeah. would say that. We do have like a don't ask, don't tell. But it's very interesting to see how he's changed because when I was in high school... I used to, like, when I would tell my dad, like, oh, my friend has a boyfriend. He would be like, God, what a waste of time. So I would be like, okay, got it. Don't tell my dad about guys. That's what I understood. And then, but now, so now I'm 24 and my best friend, who was the one where he said that's a waste of time, she actually married that guy. Shut and up. Yeah. And when I t- hilarious. Isn't that crazy? And when I told him about that, he was like, wow, good for her. That's incredible. Even though we're in our early 20s, he wasn't like, oh, yeah. she's too young, blah, blah, blah. Right. So it's. I think it's changing a little. I don't know if I can tell. It's like I still don't know. I would only tell him about a man if I thought we would get married one day. We don't have to be engaged, but I don't want to waste his time by just telling him about a random guy.
0: Have your parents tried to encourage you to participate in like an arranged marriage situation or do they know that that's not up your alley or is it
1: no so I'm I'm Lebanese and in Lebanon we've actually we don't really do arranged anymore at least in the Christian community my parents were the last generation so they they got married in 1997 that was kind of the last group like my mom has two younger brothers and they dated their wives for like a year which and my so different from my mom and I have cousins who are older than me they all date um and their parents know about their relationships so Lebanon has changed so much I do think if I asked them I do think if I said, hey, set me up, I think they would be more than happy, and I think they'd do it. They've tried to introduce me to men before, Um, sort of like a surprise, like, hey, come to my friend's house for dinner, and I'll show up, and there's a young man there (laughs) who they they introduce me to, and they're like, oh, he owns this business. How cool is that? And I'm like, yeah, very cool. And And then I get in the car, and they're like, so what did you think? It's that's that's more what it's like with them. Very subtle. Always.
0: That's really funny that I do feel for you in like the the not knowing and not having that path paved for you with an older sibling.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, here's the thing. My parents love me. I don't think if I told my dad I have a boyfriend, I'm not going to be excommunicated from the family. That's totally (laughs) not what would happen. I just don't know how he would react. I mean, it's also like You know, the culture is still conservative. I definitely would never feel comfortable with him knowing that I get physical with men. I would never, ever feel comfortable with him knowing that. So that's why I would only feel comfortable bringing up a guy who I thought I was going to marry because I, I don't really, even though I do casually date, I don't want him to know that I'm like, I go out on so many dates and I'm with all these guys. I don't, I don't want him to know that.
0: I imagine in the relationships you've had in the past, mm-hmm. you have not
1: brought them home to meet nope. No, not as that. Room.
0: Have they been understanding of that? Was that ever a point of contention in your relationship where they were like why aren't you introducing me to the family?
1: Ugh, so there was there was definitely one. So two of out of the four, two of them have been Middle Eastern. They of course understand. They get yeah. it. Um, one of them, it was my second ever boyfriend. He was East Asian. Um, and he, his family was a little more, I think actually his grandparents were the ones who immigrated. So he was third generation, a little more modern. He really wanted me to meet his mom. And I just felt so uncomfortable. We had been dating for less than a year. I think he wanted to introduce me at six months, which I know for a lot of Americans is very normal. For me, I was like six months. I was like, we just met. What do you mean six months? I was like, "Whoa, this is crazy." And I kept saying, "No, I don't feel comfortable with that." And he would get so upset about it. He was like, "I just want you to meet my mom." Like, but she lived in San Francisco. Imagine she would have to come down. I was like, "No. No, absolutely not. I don't feel comfortable with that." And he he it made him very upset that I did not want to meet his family.
0: Wow. And and that's not to say you didn't have feelings for him or like want to be in a relationship with him. But just for you and and culturally, that was so that was miles ahead of where you were.
1: Yeah, because for me, meeting parents equals marriage. That's the idea that I have in my head. So when he said that, it just made me think like, oh, you're moving so much faster in this relationship than me. But I also do understand that for a lot of Americans meeting the parents is a step that they take before they even know if they can be with you long-term. So it's just a cultural difference. That's really it.
0: I'm so intrigued to know what other cultural differences there are that like someone might not expect if you can think of any.
1: Oh my God. Let's think. I mean, a big issue that I have is so with With Middle Eastern people, and it's not just, I mean, it's a lot of, you know, South Asians to East Asians, a lot of us kind of have the uh, the same life. Um, Religion plays such a huge part in dating, like for, for Middle Eastern people specifically, it's not really about race with marriage, it's about religion. Like if you're a Christian and you want to date a Muslim, oh, it's the end of the world. It's the end of the world. And it's very difficult for me because I'm actually an atheist and my family does not know that. So I Interesting. I date so many Muslim men. Muslim men are just, they're so attractive. I mean, oh my God. Like they, I'm into body hair and tan skin and nice hair. It's like Muslims have that. And it's very scary to think like, what would happen if I, my family's Christian. So it's like, what would happen if I brought a Muslim guy home? I don't know. Because, so for Muslim men, as far as I understand, it's actually permissible to marry a woman from any of the major three faiths. It's fine for them. But for Christians, at least in Lebanon, God, they don't want you to do that. So it's hard because for me in my life, I don't care but right. I would be so sad if my family alienated me for that. So it's something I really grapple with all the time in my dating life. Do you think that's
0: something where it is at a level of seriousness where if you did fall in love with somebody and you were with them for that long and you did want to marry them and you introduced them to your family and they found that out, they, like, they wouldn't be able to come around to it?
1: My mom would, my mom has, cause I've had a, I've had a Muslim boyfriend and I told her about him and she was like, great. My mom is very, very, she's one of the most open-minded people in my whole family. So she, she's on board. I, for me, it only, my, it, my immediate family only matters to me. My parents, if the extended family doesn't like it, they can deal with it. But I, I like to think that my dad loves me so much that he would, he would not like it at first, but I like to think that. I like to think that he would come around. I don't think they would ever cut me off. I really cannot ever see them doing that. Um, But you know what also is hard is that for whoever I'm with, I would never want to subject them to a family that does not like them. You know what I mean? That doesn't accept
0: them, yeah. Yeah,
1: I would hate that. So it would be so tough. Like if I were to go to Lebanon and like I had a husband and my family was not treating him nicely, that would make me upset. But also my family, they're good people. I I really, it's hard because again, the path is not paved. I I really don't think that it would be one of those situations where they would stop talking to me, but uh, there would be an uproar at first. It would definitely be, it would be something new for my family. I mean, all of my family members are married to Christians.
0: Yeah. Wow. It's so interesting because I've thought of it, you know, for a lot of the people in my community, like we grew up very, not very Jewish, like religiously, but more traditionally Jewish. And that is very important to a lot of the people I know where like most of my friends would only date Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because for me, I've never felt entirely connected to the religion. I more mm-hmm. value, like it's like the traditions, like the holidays yeah. and spending time with the family and like Shabbat dinners, because that was just like, a wonderful experience growing up, but I never felt like I, yeah, I just never felt more like connected to the religion. So for me, I, there were times where I was dating people who weren't Jewish, but mm-hmm. it was more so that I was terrified of like, what if this does go somewhere? Like, I don't know if my family would come around. They wouldn't, I don't think yeah. they would ever like, I don't alienate me, but it was a scary thought of like, okay, if this gets serious, like it probably actually can't because I think that would like break my parents' heart.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard because it's like, it's, it, it's like when to you, it doesn't matter when to you, like you just like the person, but also you like your family, but then you're grappling with like, well, if my family doesn't like this person because of who they are, are they morally good? It's so much to think about. Yeah. It's, it's so tough. And I also think this is a cultural thing, too. I know Jewish people, uh, Jewish Americans also share this thing with Middle Eastern people where family is important. Yes. And I think a lot of um, Americans have this idea of like, oh, well, if your family doesn't like your partner, cut them off. That's it. They're done. Go no contact with your parents. Be with this person. And that's your life. I cannot do that. That is not, I could never imagine.
0: No, that's like laughable to me. Yeah.
1: No, like family is a huge part of both of our cultures. Like that is absolutely not an option. So for me, I mean, really, if I had to choose between my family or love, it's like it would be a hard decision. I wouldn't immediately go no contact. That's just not who I am.
0: It's sad to even think that family who loves you and who you love would make you choose like that.
1: Yeah. That's what sucks as well. And that's, that's a flaw in the culture. A hundred percent. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I have uh, one of my best friends isn't Jewish and she also was raised in a predominantly Jewish town. And so everyone that she grew up around pretty much was Jewish and her siblings mm-hmm. are both in long-term relationships with Jewish people. And mm-hmm. she's very open to dating somebody who's Jewish, but, every single time we find like a guy who's Jewish who would be into her and wants to go out with her. It's the caveat of, oh, by the way, she's not Jewish. And they're like, oh, well then I can't date her.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's hard. And it's like, I don't think there's necessarily wrong with having a cultural preference as long as it's like your culture, you know what I mean? But you, I think you have to acknowledge that it limits you. Yeah. That's so, you know, yeah. there's nothing wrong with it. But if you're single for a long time, you have to acknowledge that that is part of the reason why you're limiting your options.
0: Yeah, the frustrating part is I bet in that situation, nine out of 10 of those guys, they don't care. They just have this fear instilled in them of, oh, well, I was told by my parents my whole life that I have to date somebody Jewish. So yeah. I have to date somebody Jewish.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it, it's so hard. It's it's the fear of the unknown. It's the fear of being the first in your family to like, explore other possibilities for what life can look like. Like nobody wants yeah. to be the first, you know, it, it's hard.
0: I have a listener question that I think I answered a few weeks ago on a solo episode, but I'm very Curious to hear your answer. I just have to find it. Yeah. Okay. This listener said, I routinely date outside of my religion. I've had people in the past cite religious differences as the reason why we shouldn't go out again, which is totally fine. However, in every one of these instances, we've never discussed religion other than the basics of what you would discuss within the first two or three dates. We hadn't discussed personal faith or beliefs. I'm sure there have been times when religion is just saying, I'm sure there have been times where quote unquote religion is just their way of saying they weren't into me, which again is totally fine, but it is frustrating to feel like I'm being judged by social stereotypes. How or when is the best time to bring up your personal faith and how slash when it differs from your religion?
1: Mm. I'm curious what
0: your thoughts are on this and how you would approach this.
1: That's that's such a great question because I've actually also been rejected because of the fact that I'm an atheist actually a lot. Um, And I think I really don't think anybody as far as I just it's an assumption. I don't think if somebody's not interested in you, I don't think they would make up religion as an excuse. I just don't think people do that. I think it's a very legitimate reason and for that reason honestly, I talk about faith very early on. It could also just be because I'm Middle Eastern and that's so important to us. But for me like I I just think like date two or three if it's important to you or if it's important to the other person, it has to come up. Like, and yeah. I've, I've dated men of, I mean, you know, Muslim men, Christian men, men who don't follow any religion, where I have said, like, You know, just so you know, like my family is Christian, but personally, I'm an atheist. And I have had men tell me like, you are so great, but my faith is so important to me that it's just not going to work. I would like to find a woman where faith is important to her. And that's just something you have to understand. It's just something that's so personal to a person. And it also plays a lot into family values and marriage values. Like it can't be glossed over even just something as simple as your wedding. Are you going to get married in a church or a mosque or a temple? It's like, it really plays into all that. So I support bringing it up like the second or third day. And I think if somebody rejects you because of it, it's not an excuse. I would respect it as something very legitimate and just not to take it. It's probably the least personal thing that, you could take. It's really, yeah. it's just like a preference. That's it.
0: One thousand percent. I would also look at it to kind of extend on your point of, of the lens of like, okay, me and this person are not compatible, and yeah. better that we find this out now versus down the road when there are like way deeper feelings involved. Because yeah. you, if they want somebody who is the same level of religion, maybe maybe you're the same. Here, here's an example. I was talking to somebody recently who they are Jewish and mm-hmm. they had been talking to somebody. They'd been actually like FaceTiming with somebody else who was also Jewish, mm-hmm. but he was significantly more religious than she was. Yeah. And she was like, Anna, I don't know what to do. He's so great. He's so kind. He's funny. Like our conversations are great. And like, I do want to meet him in person, but I will never, ever, ever, ever be anywhere near as religious as he is. I Mm -hmm. never want to be kosher and he's kosher. I never want to do Shabbat and not be able to reach my partner for 24 Mm -hmm. hours of a week, you know? And so, but she felt so horrible about that. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, listen, there's nothing to feel bad about. You're just fundamentally incompatible and there's nothing wrong with his choices. There's nothing wrong with your choices, but the two of you don't fit together. And that's okay. Cause guess what? He also, is going to want to be with somebody who is either aligned or super accepting and excited about what he's doing.
1: Yeah, totally. And it's not not intolerant to say, oh, we're not compatible on a religious level. It's really about values. That's literally it. It's about long-term compatibility. Do they want somebody who's going to go to service with them? every, you know, Friday or Sunday, do they want somebody who, like you said, is going to do Shabbat is going to keep a certain diet, you know, like yeah. th- that's what it's about. It's not necessarily about like the actual religion. It's about what is your life going to look like?
0: Absolutely. And, and guess what? That person who does want all of the same things at the same time and at the same level is out there. they
1: are out there. Yeah. They're, They're totally, there's somebody for everybody.
0: Everybody. Um, before I let you go, I want to ask two more questions. The first of which is what have you taken away about yourself, about modern dating, about relationships since starting to open up publicly about your dating life?
1: I would say just that you're never alone. However weird of an experience that you had, you could go through something and be like, surely this has never happened to anyone else on earth. And 50 people will say that happened to me yesterday. So you are never, ever alone. And I think that's one of the reasons we all need to be courageous and talk about our experiences honestly, because you would be so surprised at how many people can relate.
0: I, yes, 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 and yes. I I share that same that that eye-opening realization of wow, we've never had a unique experience in our yeah, entire lives. No. None of us. No. We're not special. We're not unique. We're not different.
1: Yeah. We are living the same life just in a different yep. order.
0: <laughs> and, and you know what? There's a lot of peace to be found with that. Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah. Um one other thing that came up from before. What do you have any fear in the world that your parents would ever see your TikTok? Or do you just like, yeah, God. That would just never happen.
1: They don't know how to use social media. Oh, God. <laughs> they don't know what a podcast is. So it's like, I don't even think they're going to find that. They don't know what that is. My dad has an Android. My mom only watches Lebanese soap operas on YouTube in her spare time. And she doesn't oh, know how God. to use YouTube. I have to teach her how to. They will never in a million years find out about it. I have some cousins who know of it, but they don't even watch. And I didn't even ask them not to watch. Watch. I just think they don't care. I think they don't watch. So yeah, I'm I'm safe. It's a so safe space. Yeah.
0: Oh my God. Okay. That's amazing. I was like, that was <laughs> on the edge of my tongue the whole time you were talking about it before. And I'm like, wait, like how, like yeah. I would be terrified, but that makes sense.
1: God, um, no, they couldn't. Even <laughs> if they tried, even if they tried. <laughs>
0: okay. Before we wrap up, what is the best piece of dating or relationship advice that you have ever received?
1: Ooh. Oh, there are so many. I think this actually applies to all of life, but I got it in a dating context. Some people might disagree, but the best advice I've ever received is it takes two to make it awkward.
0: And it was such I love that I've Isn't never that heard that
1: before. Isn't that crazy? It changed my life. It Wait,
0: literally. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. It's so real. And the context of it was I had had a huge crush on this guy in my freshman dorm and we went on like one date he told me it wasn't gonna work out but we were in the same friend group and I was talking to my other friend I was like oh my god I feel like it's gonna be so awkward because we went out and now he, he's not into me and he it was a man if you could believe it it was like an 18 year old guy who was like Liz it takes two to make it awkward if you don't wow. want it to be awkward just don't be awkward it literally changed my personality <laughs>
0: That's incredible, and that it, it's so true because I think a huge thing that we we fear awkwardness, mm-hmm. and we fear it so much that yeah. we then make it awkward. Yes, versus yeah. just continuing on. Yeah, in a way that felt organic and natural and normal before. Yeah, we're so afraid of awkwardness that. We convince ourselves, like, well, it's going to be awkward no matter what, and then we make it awkward, and then they in turn feel awkward and reciprocate awkwardness, and then everybody's making it awkward. Versus, it doesn't have to be awkward.
1: No, it doesn't have to be. No, and it's hard. I mean, you know, some people they they call it social skills for a reason. Some people are going to have a harder time than others, but you practice. It takes two. Yeah, it takes two. That's it. It One of you just needs to not be awkward, and you'll just blaze right through that situation. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Liz,
0: thank you so much for being here. Where can everybody find you?
1: Um, you can follow me on TikTok at LizMina5, and you can follow me on Instagram at Liz.mina. And hopefully in the next five to 20 years, I will be on a movie screen near you.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. You let me know when that happens. I will have it everywhere. And guys, seriously go follow her. Like I Liz, I love your content so much. It's really great. And I'm I'm so appreciative that you are like boots on the ground really telling it how it is. Like also I I was watching some of your videos earlier and I genuinely am like so engaged. Like Liz takes you through the date. Like she is like, (laughs) like updating you actually. And I thought this was really interesting and I wanted to talk about it and didn't, didn't get to it. But, um, I really appreciate in a recent video you posted where it was like, we're going on a date. Um, you towards the end of the date, you had a conversation with this person that that conversation is what made you want a second date and it was a deeper mm-hmm. conversation yeah. and i thought that was a really good insight because there's so many times where first dates are so surface level that mm-hmm. you aren't left with anything that makes you more intrigued about the person and hearing you say this and it was like you were really really like thoughtful with giving updates of like how you were feeling during the date and how it was going. And then this conversation really changed it for you. It just goes to show how important it is to get a little deeper and be vulnerable Mm -hmm. on first dates. Because if you're not, you might not get the chance to be vulnerable on a second date.
1: Exactly. I feel like the most outdated dating advice is don't talk about politics, religion or your values on a first date. Just talk about movies and books. And it's like, like no, no those are literally the important things. Like those are the yeah. things that matter. <laughs> Do it. Talk, talk, about about them. talk about, I don't even care if it's a first date. Talk about politics. Talk about yeah. your religious values. Talk about like something vulnerable, something scary that happened to you. That's when people see the real you. And more importantly, yep. that's where you see things that you might not align on. And that will save you. And that's when
0: even being vulnerable, seeing how they react to that, are they making you feel comfortable and safe and heard?
1: Totally, totally. Yeah. Like not not to add too much. I know we're wrapping up, but something that I talk about with men, especially when I hear that a man goes to the gym a lot. It's very important for me to mention that I struggle with food. That's so huge for me. And the way that a gym guy reacts to that is so telling and so important because some men will be like, yes, that's a huge issue. I totally understand that. I also reject diet culture. And some men will be like, oh, well, if you're insecure about food, you should just go to the gym. And it's, you have Good to filter, look bye. for that. Yep, exactly. You Ate have it. to look for that. Oh my God. Yeah. One time I I told a guy, we were talking about cooking and he was like, what do you eat for breakfast? I was like, usually I have like three eggs. He goes, three eggs. That's so many. I was like, whoa. 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 No,
0: that is like a healthy amount. And like, hopefully yeah. you're having a piece of bread on the side too. Cause you yeah. should. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of filters that you need. That's not even that vulnerable. Just like, no. yeah. But like to get that reaction is so telling. So telling. So yeah. Telling. And you need to pay attention to that stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. On that note, everybody go follow Liz Mina five, check out all of her content on TikTok, and stay tuned for the next episode of seeing other people. Thanks for listening, daters. I hope today's episode made you feel just a little bit less alone out there, no matter what your status might be. Give your finger a break from swiping and hit that follow and review button instead. And if you have any burning questions or want to share your own unfiltered dating stories, reach out to seeing Other People at gmail.com. And in the meantime, keep on seeing other people. Mads, I'm obsessed with our brand pillars. You
1: mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish-blooded queens
0: scout? uh sure but not quite i love that ok podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only who take care of their mental health and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs oh yeah that too scout that too we should probably introduce ourselves hello everyone i am mads and i am scout and we are sisters i r l